Welcome back to another episode of the Vile Files Going Deeper Edition. I'm your host, Nick, joined by the house, full household today. Ali, Amanda, Derek, Genevieve are all in studio in LA. We are here in New York City for a very special episode. Happy birthday to the love of my life, the one, the only, our pop culture correspondent, also Natalie Joy. Happy birthday, Natalie. <laughs> She's our. She's like our pop culture correspondent slash our guest because our, our original guest, Erica and Scott, our dear friends, had a tragic accident and are no longer with us. No. I'm just kidding. No, uh, fake, no. fake death announcement. <laughs> no. Topical. Jesus. Um, they went to go see their grandma who's in like hospice. Yeah, they had to. Yeah. So uh, they couldn't. They had a family emergency. We also have a special. Uh, well, well, Natalie is going to be our guest today because it's her birthday. And then we brought in a pop culture correspondent, my cousin. Mary Parker. I want to give it up for Mary. She's also Woo! a The reason why she was here is because we were in a rich debate yesterday talking about Tuesday's episode with Paige. Uh, and we got into our Scooter Braun conspiracy theories. And Mary, being the Swifty that she is, um, had some very interesting insights. And I was like, you know what we need to do is have you on to share said interesting insights. Uh, Mary comes with a lot of taste and uh, a lot of insight when it comes to pop culture. So we are excited to have Mary with us. Hey, everyone. Slay, Say hi slay, to Mary. Hi, hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. Uh, speaking of fake death announcements, uh, there was one in Bachelor Nation. That was weird. Yeah, I, didn't even, I forgot about this guy. So he he was on Caitlyn's season, went home night one. Is this correct? I I never met him. We we crossed paths in the, as they say in the in the Bachelor Mansion. But what a tragic. Uh, this seems like honestly a tragic uh, situation story. He uh, anyone want to update our audience a little bit of what's going on with the uh, what's his name Josh. I feel like this is one of those things where you're like, what can someone pick me up, please? Like, I'm not having fun here on the Internet. Like it. So there was a statement released on his Instagram that said is it is it is with an extremely heavy heart that we share the tragic news of Joshua's unexpected passing. As all who knew him can attest, Joshua was an incredibly bright light and in an increasingly dim world. His fearless voice and indomitable spirit helped thousands of people in their darkest moments feel just a little less alone. Um, I can continue, but it goes on and on and it's like it's not like they just you know black text create mode joshua's dead like the, you know it's a very intensive kind also, of for and then context, like a day he had he had spoken out in like 2021 about he was struggling with mental health um he had said he posted on july 2021 i'm josh cider i am a suicide attempt survivor i battle ocd bipolar depression and gad but i refuse to give up like so this was all kind of paired with the fact that he had been vocal before about his mental health struggles and clearly uh -huh. had been a survivor so i think that and then that pairing with such a you know heartfelt long statement people were just concluding like okay yeah, that, maybe he had he'd not survived yeah because it, it ends with um a, a mental health crisis support line but then like a day later turns out not dead Mm -hmm. He posts a video saying I'm alive and well and that a hacker, he had his Instagram hacked for 24 hours. That is the nicest and most gracious message from a hacker I've ever seen. Truly. 
Well, I'm like, are we at the point of AI where like AI can generate stuff like that? Because it's like weird and upsetting and sadistic to think about. But like, I feel like if you fed AI a thousand like death announcements, like it would be able to with like the technology level that we're at right now, create like. Are you suggesting that Josh couldn't have written that for himself? I I don't. Max is suggesting he might have. I just don't know like why someone would do this. I don't know either. I mean, I I don't know anything about him, but I his ex. uh, Who's his ex, Allie? Monica Beverly Hills, Drag Race star. She uh, seems to doubt the alleged hacking of his account, Mm -hmm. which I would tend to agree. I feel like if you if you get hacked, there's like a bunch of like ridiculous posts that have nothing to do with your yeah, they're content. Like trolling you. They're trolling like spam, you. They yeah. delete a bunch of content. Yeah. It's chaotic. They don't write some sort of thoughtful, personalized message that clearly would re- require research about that person yeah, in their to, past. Yeah, they're trying to impersonate you and yeah. get you to buy crypto. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, it's always a scam. I, it's never like a positive thing like that. The one thing I will no. say, though, is I feel like with the internet, like bad behavior begets bad behavior and people start doing these like awful trends. We've seen it in what we've covered of like people throwing things on stage and injuring performers. And this is coming off of that whole Lil Tay death hoax. So mm. is it, did someone see that and then get inspired yeah. and then they wanted to try and do like it as Josh well? Got, and it, I think it's bold of us to assume that he wrote it himself, considering we don't know him, but his own girlfriend or ex-girlfriend said that she thinks that he did it himself. She's like, he's called him a sick motherfucker. She like says it's infuriating and she's so angry. But like we talked about, just optics alone, it doesn't, it does not, does not look like an account that got hacked. And that it's an, a convenient for, excuse for anyone who has things they don't want posted on their social. And if they maybe accidentally post something, that's a common excuse. Like, oh, I was hacked. It's kind of hard to prove. But like nothing he has done, nothing about this account suggests that it was hacked. And yeah, it is a sick joke. And unfortunately, people do sick things for attention. And, you know, this is a character I don't know anything about him. But he, his brief time on the show was someone who seemed to do a lot of intense and and kind of ridiculous things for attention. But this is all to say, thankfully he is alive. Maybe maybe this does show that he very much is struggling with his mental health. But at the same time, it doesn't make what he did okay. Because, yeah, faking your death and, and you know, just, I mean, I never met the guy. But when his, you know, it's like anyone who's associated with Bachelor Nation gets reached out to. And then all these questions come up about like, oh, has this have anything to do with their time on the show? It's an... It, it it reaches so many people um, and affects so many people. Um, and especially if you've struggled with mental health, like in the, the speculation about how it happened. And then we always kind of go to a dark place. So it's pretty fucked up. Not to side tangent, but it reminds me, there's a situation where there was a YouTuber that actually faked his girlfriend's death for clicks. And it like blew up and became a whole thing. And like, you know, her family got all concerned and he ended up getting his YouTube account like banned for doing that. How is that not illegal? Like, I think the I think police did illegal. get involved. His girlfriend's family was very upset about it because they're like, we thought she had passed and was like very concerned. So that was like another yeah, I wonder, situation. It is illegal, but like, I wonder if Instagram slash Facebook has like... Like community guidelines. I think, is there a follow-up to this? And I guarantee you they can prove whether his account was hacked or not, right? They oh, have... Yeah. That you ability can see, like, to, what server was signed on. Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard. And for yeah. something that does end up making national news and 
just kind of the, the domino effect of any down death announcement, let alone a fake one, does have costly ramifications. So I wonder if Facebook slash Instagram would be willing to do their due diligence because, the, yeah, if, if it is fake, there should be some accountability. He said he was working with authorities to identify the hacker. Great. So I wonder yeah. if there will be a follow-up. It sounds like based off of this person's ex and just a little bit I know, I, don't, I just don't know if this is a, 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 tr a trustworthy guy. And, and this is all to say maybe he is not okay emotionally and mentally. Uh, and maybe these are all signs of that. But I will say it is not it, it is not illegal to fake your own death. It's not. Oh, it is not. Well, um, there are no state or federal laws that specifically make it a crime to fabricate your own death. However, you get into legal trouble when you try to create a new identity, potentially get your life insurance policy, get a oh, loan or any right. sort of credit under your new fake identity of someone who doesn't exist. Okay. Applying for jobs and having to fabricate your job history under a name that's now new. Like, that's how you get into trouble is when you try. to. So if you fake your own death and like live on a cash only diet, you're fine. Potentially. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know, like hmm. move to go in the wilderness somewhere. Yeah, go in the wilderness and like just work for cash, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cash only diet sounds kind of glamorous, yeah. honestly. Well, somebody who's not getting any cash also in Bachelor Nation. Did you see that they used uh, a clip of Demi for this season's Bachelor in Paradise trailer, I despite the fact she that. is not on the beach? <laughs> yeah, it Either was Brandon, quick, but yeah, is the is Bachelor in Paradise so boring this season that in their promo? which promos typically pull the most exciting moments from a season and you put it all together to make it more juicy and dramatic than it usually is. And in this particular promo, they, they showed uh, Demi and Brandon jet skiing. And it's like, first of all, jet skiing, a promo of a jet ski isn't all that exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Like, it feels like there I would mean, be other footage zoom, of that. Zoom. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, you know what we need? We need two people jet skiing. This would really amp it up. Like fuck, but we didn't do anyone we didn't just. Do that this year, let's just pull. Let's just pull Demi from last last time. Like what a what a bad look. The truth is, I I've I have my concerns with this season. Oh, because I I've heard from people who were there that it was fine. Mm -hmm. And I other seasons I've I've had we we've we've had friends come back from the beach, and we're all we've been like, what's it like? And there was. In some cases, legitimate fear on their face. You know, in other cases, it was like, I don't know, man, this shit's fucked up. It was crazy. It was nuts. And this season, it's been like, mm, yeah, it's, you know, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good time. You know, I, I don't know. It's not a good sign that uh, they're using promos from the previous season. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. But there, there are new sheriffs in town, so to speak, uh, new producers running uh, the show. So uh, we will see. If uh, if they're up the task, did they say anything about doing that after Jimmy called him out? No, I mean they typically never respond publicly <laughs> to anything. I mean, like in all seriousness, I don't know. Maybe it was just something lazy by the post department, but it can't be a good sign. You you would think they would have so much content to work with, and I mean they've they've used. You know, seasons have had like where guys on in like on their downtime like get into some sort of like fake fighting moment where they're just fucking around, and we'll use that to make it seem like there's a fight. But at least that's from the current season because they have hours and hours and hours of footage of which they're using you know five percent of. But there's so much stuff that they can just put in a super tease, as they call it, 
and make it seem like the season's like full of drama and just the fact that they're like we need a jet ski <laughs> with two people who aren't even on this season can't be a good sign you know it's um a bit concerning and as if like no one would notice even if even if they have a jam-packed season ready to go to blow us away they're making it seem like they don't it's like, such a weird move yeah and it's also like i don't it doesn't make sense because it's not like they really try to sell the paradise element of paradise. Like, sure, it's like they have some dates where people get all like, you know, excited for the date. But in general, it's like they talk about how hot and sweaty and mosquito filled it is. Like, it's not like it's meant to be this like hugely adventurous, like the accommodation or the activities are such a big appeal. So it's like for what? For what? Well, folks? and it's just like, you know, people are going to pick the things apart. Everyone's covering this. And you chose to use a shot where... We can see their faces. And two, you're picking someone like Demi, who's been on the show multiple times. Every, like a lot of people know who she is. Everyone who's a fan of the show is like she's one of the like top people who've come back time and time again. Pick like a random shot. If you do need a jet ski shot, find it with like a sunset where it's just a silhouette. You don't know who's on there. Like it's just stupid. Maybe, yeah. And they're bringing down like Hannah Brown and Katie Thurston, like former leads, right, who are not on the show. They're just like bringing day cards. And like sometimes they do that because they'll bring in like their former stars. People think that they might be on the show. So it's bad enough already that, you know, that was my biggest takeaway of, of the super tease of Paradise are who the fuck are these people, you know? And it's not like I haven't been watching. You know, we watch every season and I think that just kind of it, it speaks to the lack of star power they haven't been able to cultivate over the past few seasons. You know, there are other seasons where you watch Paradise, you're like and you look forward to certain characters being on the show, you know, because they were just dramatic or fun to watch or you just enjoyed their journey. And there's just there seems to be less of that, you know, with with this cast. You know, you're like, I kind of remember this person or that person. There's not really you know, you know, Rachel, former Bachelorette, is their, you know, um, obviously uh, their biggest star. But just in general, there's just where a lot of people were like, who the fuck are these people? And I just feel like that wasn't the case um, with the past couple seasons. You know, I do think you, you had stronger like, characters. Do you feel like people just don't want to do it anymore? Like they got a lot of no's from the bigger names. In That's a good question. I don't really know. The majority of their cast has always been from the previous two seasons, you know, the current year that they're in. And then like maybe like people who didn't make it on from the previous season. Some of their heavy hitters call it that, like the people who go the furthest for, you know, especially if it's the Bachelorette because of timing, don't get to go on because they're still filming their current season. There's a little bit of that. So they've say that they always pulled from those two main seasons. I think it just shows that they just haven't really had a lot of star power the past couple seasons because there's just no one in general that you're truly all that invested in, you know, other than, you know, having a former lead on. So other than Rachel, I think there's a lot of forgettable people and apparently not making enough content where they don't need to pull clips from previous season. Yeah. Right? I feel like it really demonstrates how like the reality TV landscape has changed where I feel like the bachelor had a monopoly on like being like the beating heart of American reality TV for so long. And then now that there's been the invention of like all these new formats that have definitely like taken and drawn from the bachelor and like used a lot of the like formula of success and then twisted it and modernized it and like made it something new. It feels like the show doesn't even, even if they wanted to, I don't know how much they really could invest in contestants the way they have in the past to like 
really make them have this like huge public following and significance because there's just like a lot more going on. And I thought yeah. that's why I'm so curious about Senior Bachelor, because I feel like that's something where I'm like, this feels kind of new and exciting. And like, I feel like Senior Bachelor could become the franchise. And I don't know that it will. But I think if it went well, that could become because the, the show is, has always kind of in format been a little more like straightforward and like simple than say a show like Love is Blind or like The Ultimatum where there's like a lot more logistics. And so I think it kind of lends itself to like wholesomeness mm-hmm. in ways that like maybe other reality TV shows don't. We'll find out. Looking at people's Instagram following like Raven, for example, from Love is Blind has almost a million followers on Instagram. And Charity, who is like our most recent lead, Bachelorette, has 234,000 followers. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't right. I don't think it's center of the conversation anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not what it used to be. But, you know, it's interesting. The Bachelor franchise has been around for so long. They've had years in which there have been years in the past where they thought maybe this, you know, there were conversations about the show getting canceled and, and it was dropping in ratings and things like that. And it found a resurgence and it kind of became more culturally relevant again. I still don't think the show is going anywhere anytime soon, because if you ask the people in charge, it's still making a ton of money for the networks and the, and the people making the show. And at the end of the day, it's still profitable and that's all that really matters. And, and yeah, is it, is it King anymore? Not necessarily, you know, also to your point, Amanda, I think it's just, there's just more competition. There's just more options. And so they're not doing what they used to do in terms of ratings, but it's still profitable. So it's not going anywhere. So the big question is, is can they figure out ways to get people excited again? Is it the bat? I think the senior bachelor, golden bachelor is just going to be more nostalgic. I think there's a lot of curiosity around it. People will watch it the first time, but I think it's going to lack the necessary drama for people really to get invested and give a shit all the way through. I think it'll be endearing and cute. And I think that a lot of people will watch the first episode. I think there'll be a lot of people who watched the last episode. The question is, can they keep people watching all the way through? Right. Without like the super tease of like someone accusing the other person of like being a sex worker, like, you know, and all the other kind of like drama that we've seen for like these younger seasons. It's like very hard to imagine them having that kind of drama with like older people if there is old person drama then i'll be hooked because if it's yeah. a bunch of like caddy it's like beverly she- hills housewives cattiness like that will be so good That'd but i iconic. feel like the women who will be on it are your normal people you know and don't well behaved other than yeah, well- matt james's mother is she officially on yeah so i just saw an article that was published two minutes ago with the names of the women going on the season, and they say Patty is none other than Matt James's mother. So, do you think <gasps> other women will know who she is? Like, will they have watched Matt's season? Will she be coming in like at a different level? Like, is she just here to be famous because your son's famous? You know, will <laughs> they question her intentions that way? Yeah, yeah. Are they going to say you're here for the wrong reasons? <sighs> yeah. That's a great question. I really don't know. I, I really, I don't know what their goal is with this show. I don't know if their goal is to elicit drama. If they want to, they can. You know, the producers can certainly ask leading questions that are triggering for the people there and they can scratch insecurities or or are they going to lean more wholesome or and 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 have it be endearing. So I think that'll that'll I have no idea. How is is Matt James's mother's age public knowledge? I only ask because I wanted my mother on this show so bad and they said she she's like 63 and they said she's too young they wanted like older your mom is 63 yes i I can't believe it stunning 
She's, I believe I she's crazy. 69 or 70. Okay, I guess. Yeah, they given. really... Was, oh, they have... Okay, but I'm seeing there's a cast member named Anna who's 61. So, oh, Anna. Who do you have to yell at? I feel like I have to yell at someone who's no longer there anymore, and that feels like it won't even do anything. This was like a couple years ago where you brought it up. Yeah, when it was just... When they started doing the promos. Yeah, they've been they fishing were just like for a while. They were going to do the show. They were casting for it. I was like, I'm my so glad your mom's not on it. You I also like, am. A headache too, for yeah. me, I feel like. Even just looking <laughs> yeah. at the names, it makes me excited because it's like Joan, Jeannie, Edith. Like, you know how it's always there's like seven Olivia's or something. And now I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I want seven Phyllis's. Like, I want Phyllis M <laughs> and Phyllis P. <laughs> it's like a Dorothy and a Diane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to see what names are like popular after this. Like what names come back into oh, circulation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Karen's. Do they no. plan on making a Golden Bachelorette from this season of The Golden Bachelor? Oh, I hope so. And I hope it's Matt James's mother. And if they don't, well, do they deserve criticism? Hmm. Well, I feel like it might be harder to cast older men than to cast Why? older women. Because they're I don't dead? Know. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think maybe that's what it is. Is that like, I feel like in my head, I'm like, oh, like men have a slightly shorter, harder, like, it's a shorter lifespan for <laughs> men. Well, Which is really sad. There's a whole country they can cast from. They might, there's at least 25 living. I think they have to at least do both. Right? I think, give it a go. Uh, yeah. It's 2023. You gotta if give we're going to try it out, let's try it out. Let's try it out. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like I've met some, and this, I've also met some iconically like cranky <laughs> older women, but I just feel like when I think about like a lot of the older men I know, like they are like not doing anything that Back they don't want to do. Day, like they are like, some of the least accommodating population. <laughs> so it's like, it's funny to me trying to imagine like a producer trying to like do all the social lubrication and leading with like, a grandpa who's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you can't make me. <laughs> Stuck There's, in his ways. There is a lot of that, but I feel like if they really wanted to, they could find enough of willing participants. You just have who... to go to the Costco uh, food section and you will find a bunch of angry old people that love drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done. That's the first Easiest casting is casting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to the uh, free samples and there you go. Yeah. I'm excited for hometowns where it's going to be like, meet the kids. That's what As I've been saying. To, like, yeah. Meet the parents. What are your intentions with my mother? Maybe that's oh, where the drama will come from. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Like if there's yeah, like kid drama. But also speaking of kids, Natalie, how is your pregnancy going? Like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, I'm better now. I in this moment. In this currently in this moment. I <laughs> no. I've had the last. I don't know. I'd say maybe two weeks, where I've been pretty good. I take um. A morning medication, nausea medication every morning. I would highly recommend if you have nausea to take Zofran and whenever your doctor allows you to, because it has saved my life. Truly. It, there is definitely a time when it is safe for you to start taking it. So I wouldn't just, you know, I would talk, talk about that with your doctor, but I finally am able to eat meals and I'm not nauseous anymore. And it has been so much better. I do feel like I'm entering my, um, cranky mood swing era love Ooh. yeah yeah no love too yeah, yeah it's been really fun for nick <laughs> well yeah and it's like all his fault <laughs> i'm curious because like i feel like i i i'm not growing a baby so my instinct would to always be someone who is growing a baby like benefit of the doubt of like you are like it's not just like you're eating for two like you have all these other considerations like your body is like evolving in brand new ways like for nick like for you are you sort of taking the approach of like no bad behavior while you're pregnant everything is welcome kind of yeah <laughs> it's been it's been 
all, in all seriousness, I've enjoyed trying to be a part of the pregnancy in a way, you know, but obviously I'm not experiencing all the extreme changes that Natalie's experiencing and I don't have to deal with all of those emotions behind it. But yeah, as her partner and someone who wants to participate in the pregnancy, I have kind of taken the approach that, you know, I feel more part of the pregnancy by allowing Natalie to, you know, offload any energy that she might be feeling that's, you know, holding her down. And uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be the uh, good sport. And I'm in my current good sport phase. It makes me feel like I'm a part of the pregnancy. Like I'm, I'm contributing by being flexible, being down to do whatever, you know, my goal is to make sure she's comfortable and happy. And, you know, anytime I can accomplish that, it makes me feel like part of the pregnancy in a in a weird way. Like, you know, like that's, that's my sacrifice, you know, where anything goes. I already feel bad that I'm a raging bitch at times, but it makes me feel even worse when he's just still like so nice. and He's not <laughs> like annoyed that I'm being mean to him. He's like, yeah, OK, totally fine, babe. We can do that. I love you so much. And you look so beautiful right now. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Like, I'm trying to pick a fight, damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, there was a time you. where I could tell she was just trying to pick a fight. I was like, cool. No, that's super, super great. Yeah, I'm definitely the worst right now. I'll do, I'll do better, you know, for sure. You know, like I'm I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But like, you know, we can have three lunches today. It's fine. Like we, this one didn't work out. Let's just try a new place. This like, one all didn't I, work my, out. My, yeah. He's like, my, if you could just take a bite to maybe get you to the the next place that'll be great so you're not nauseous walking there but if not i totally understand <laughs> yeah like what a, yeah. my only goal today is to make you happy and comfortable and if i've accomplished that that's a win we yeah. love um, are, are there any foods in particular that you found like either you've had very strong opinions about either positive or negative in the first like three and a half months i was just talking about this at dinner the other night everything it was like i could taste every ingredient and like not in a good way like I would go somewhere and it would maybe taste a little bit like chemically. And I'd be like, there's bleach in this. <laughs> like, ma'am, there's not bleach in that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm tasting bleach in this salad. <laughs> They're like, could you lower your voice? There's, please. There's no bleach. We don't use chemicals around here. <laughs> and then like all vegetables tasted very dirty. Like they had just truly pulled them out of the ground and put them in a bowl. Um, so I really struggled in the beginning with finding a food that just tasted good. Now I feel like I, I'm, I definitely crave like sweets. Yeah. There's been a, a sweets craving the past few days. Yeah. Which they say, what is that? The, an old wives tale is like sweet or salty. Like which one? And I don't know which one that goes to. Like the gender? Yeah. It's like if you crave salty, it's like girl. If you crave sweet, it's boy or something. I don't know. Hmm. While a pregnancy but, sweet tooth is associated with having a girl, food cravings oh. when pregnant with a boy are typically linked with savory. Savory. Hmm. We've heard so many things. And again, we know the gender. And I got to say, they like half match up. I don't Should know. Should we? Honestly, we might be split because Natalie, if you've been craving sweets, it says girl, but it's also listing peanut butter under a boy. And you've been doing a lot of PB&J. You're doing a lot so of, much lot of peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, we're getting some conflicting my... information here. Yeah, peanut it's butter and bananas in the morning have been my... <laughs> One of each! <laughs> Nick, I'm curious. Have you been saying Natalie's pregnant or have you been saying we're pregnant? That's a great question. I don't know if I've really said either. Oh, no. But I guess when we... When you're telling people, I think you say we. I guess we, yeah. Okay. 
I, I wanna I wanna feel like a part of it, you know? I don't wanna take anything away from Natalie's experience, but like I wanna be involved and yeah. I think it's more like we are having a baby. Yeah. Natalie is pregnant. Yeah. That's, you know? yeah. I feel like yeah. that's yeah. the way it should be. I think that's the correct answer. I get really annoyed when like, people say yeah. we are pregnant. No, you're not. No, like, like, <laughs> do you remember in 2014 when Mila Kunis was on like Jimmy Kimmel or something and she came out with a group of pregnant women and she was like, stop saying we're pregnant. Oh. You're not pregnant. We're pregnant. <laughs> oh. So I was like, I think I was like, I don't know, 12. And I was like, oh my God. Formative. This is a huge thing right now. Like <laughs> riveting. <laughs> These men were saying that. She's like, you're not so we're squeezing a watermelon a baby. baby. <laughs> Natalie's pregnant. That's the proper. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. When it comes okay. to like navigating your first pregnancy, Natalie, and then like first experience having a baby as a couple, like where have you like been turning for information that's been helpful? Because I'm sure you get a ton of unsolicited opinions, um, both between like kind of people who engage with you on social media, people, you know, in person, the Internet, like. Your parents, like where have you been kind of like finding the most helpful, like support and insight? I feel like definitely people who are close to me who have recently had a baby. I feel like a lot of pe- my mom wants to give me a lot of advice. And I'm like, your last baby was 25 years ago. Like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but like things have changed. <laughs> you know, like there are there are things She's that like, are different. Put a cold rag on. Yeah, know? my mom's cure to any sort of pain. Any injury is a cold cloth. And she's like, oh. that will fix it. She's like, you fell and hurt your hand, cold cloth on the back of your neck, and you will feel so much better. Stomach ache, cold cloth on the back cold of your neck. Cold cloth on the back of your neck. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I feel like my sister, I'm definitely really close with. I ask her a lot of stuff. Nick's sister, Maria, I've gone to her a good bit. Yeah. I just, I also, I, a lot of people have given me books. I've been trying to do my own research and figure out things on my own, but it is really nice to have trustworthy people that you know. Like my sister is, the mother that I would love to be. Her daughter is amazing and just perfect. And I would, if I could take any of her tips, I absolutely would. So I think listening to her has been extremely helpful for me. No worries to like answer this if this is like kind of more on the personal side, but like I love personal. Okay. I would love to know like, I guess how like your relationship with your body has kind of like evolved during this process. It's actually, I kind of I'm just now going through this. I had a moment on this trip where I kind of almost broke down and it's like, I, and if this sounds out of touch, please stop me. But like, I am someone who I've been the same weight and size pretty much my whole adult life. So I've been very lucky and blessed to like not struggle with any, I've, I've just been able to wear all the clothes that I have and packing for this trip. I packed. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to throw in like, I know these jeans are pretty baggy on me. Like I know, you know, some dresses, some skirts, and I just threw it all in a suitcase. And then once I got here to like try on outfits, nothing fit. None of these jeans were buttoning. None of the, you know, it feels like such a like mental battle because you know, you're pregnant and you know, you're so lucky and blessed to be able to like have a baby. And it feels, you know, it's such a magical thing, but on the same side, your body is changing so much. And it's something that I'm definitely not used to. So it's been really hard for me to like not separate the two and just make it all as one. I'm just growing a baby. This is part of the process. Like I've just got to keep moving. So it's, it's, I've kind of now, cause I feel like I just now popped, like my belly popped and I love fashion. And so it's hard for me to 
Nick's like, well, you'll just wear dresses and like onesies. And I'm like, I don't want to wear dresses and onesies. Yeah. I want to wear outfits, but I don't have anything. Well, at first when we got, no, at first when she got pregnant, um, <laughs> yep, he says we are pregnant. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I say. I don't say either. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would, I would literally never say we're pregnant. Absolutely never. never. Uh, at first when she got pregnant, she was, you know, when you get pregnant, nothing, when you first find out, such great news, such big news, but then you're immediately like, okay, well, Woo! nothing's really changed, you know, like you want, you, you want it to feel differently. So the first couple of weeks it was like Natalie joking about like, I feel I have a craving and like, is my stomach showing? And why, meanwhile, like she's kind of sticking her stomach out or like after she ate and she's feeling a little bloated, would like use that as an opportunity to be like, look, I'm showing. And we kind of had a lot of fun with that and kind of goofing around. And then what feels like overnight, you know, now she is actually she's been starting to show for the past few weeks and like, yeah, it's been less exciting for, for her because it went from like, I can't wait, you know, it went from like, I can't wait to have cravings and I don't feel pregnant. And then it's been one of those, like, be careful what you wish for. But like, it's been, it's been obviously overall really great and fun, but it's, it's been like, a, yeah, it's been quite the, the journey. Um, and um, we're, just I, kinda, I, we're just kind of rolling with the punches and having a good time doing it. Like, I know that, and I know I, talked about this on our first like pregnancy episode i know it's such a, a sensitive subject to talk about you know any sort of like how you got pregnant and how, how long it took you and being pregnant it's it's truly such a blessing and we really are so lucky i wish it was a little bit more normalized to talk about be so happy about how it is but also like it is hard and it is like going through this the first time it's there's so many changes and you just it's it's such a mental battle and I want to be able to yeah vent about that and not feel bad that like because I, I I am so blessed and so lucky and I'm so grateful and I really feel all that but at the same time I have a lot of confusing feelings about you know being in so much pain and my body changing and you know the the fears that come with being pregnant the other night, she seemed so mad at me, but she wasn't. She was just mad. I looked at her, and it looked like she was regretting every choice that she had made to lead her to this moment. <laughs> well, I kept trying on outfits, and Nick, every outfit I put on would go, that's so cute. No, that looks amazing. You should wear that. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look cute. These pants won't button. So then I would change, and I put a new outfit on. No, that looks so cute. You should wear that. Keep that on. That one looks. Really I said, if I, I swear, if I hear you say the word "cute" one more fucking time, I'm done. Meanwhile, <laughs> I was also like, we gotta get going because we were meeting friends for dinner at seven, and it was six fifty-five, and she was lying in bed. And I'm like, we have to be somewhere in five minutes. And then, then she had an outfit crisis following getting out of bed at six fifty-five. But turns out that meant that if I was going to rush her, that I needed to map out, and granted, we're in New York, so I, I realized that I wasn't allowed to rush her unless I had our entire route mapped out from and memorized. what subway we're going to take, which turn left or right, because when it was like after I rushed her and we got to go, and then she's like, well, where are we going? And, and like, he has no idea. No He's idea. like, wait, hold on. I got to find the group chat. Where's the right text? I'm like, you don't even know what subway we have to get on? And you just made me Then we got on the wrong subway, and then we missed our stop, and it just became more and more my fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they showed up like five minutes after me, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. 
uh but it's been fun but again it's uh i'm it's it 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 weirdly in a weird way makes me feel like i'm doing my part by helping her like feel okay with feeling whatever it is she's feeling and and not really make it a thing but yeah so it, it, it is very much there's no wrong or bad feeling in pregnancy I'm just here to support Whoa. whatever that feeling is. Well, so I that carry was... that on throughout the rest of our relationship. Not sustainable, <laughs> for sure. Definitely, <laughs> definitely good for nine months. No, but I was talking to my friend Jackie about this. She's pregnant with her second one. And I was excited for Jackie and Natalie to meet because they're pregnant at the same time. And when I was texting her, I was like, Natalie's going to be at my birthday. You can meet her. Um, literally, Jackie texted me, tell her it's OK to complain. I would at times feel guilty complaining because in my head, I was like, stop being ungrateful. You wanted this. But two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. Uh, preach. One million percent. Totally. And it's so isolating when you can't like be honest about like something that's challenging. And it's like it doesn't mean you're like negating how lucky you are, like all of the other things. But I just find in situations where you're not allowed to like express the full range of emotion and like the many conflicting things that can be true at once, like. I just feel like that's when I feel loneliness. Loneliest is like when there's stuff that it feels like it's unacceptable to say 100%. or share with people. It's like I was venting. I don't know. I've been kind of using my stories as a event session, whether it's about, you know, a, a green juice I got that tasted absolutely disgusting. And <laughs> I got like a couple DM responses. It's like, why, like, why do you have this attitude? You're pregnant. You should be so. And it's like... <laughs> It's just it feels so defeating. Yeah, it's like I yes, I am aware. Thank you. But I also my hormones are fucked. Like I am feeling angry right now. And I'm I'm just expressing that. Like, I'm sorry. Like Seth could be here talking just like Nick is about me having an outfit crisis. Like I'm not pregnant and I've definitely been in that same like so frustrated. Nothing looks good. Right. I feel terrible, but because you're pregnant, it's like, this should be beautiful. This should be like, right. I should be embracing every way I look. Yeah. And it's okay when like, you're not pregnant, yeah. but when you are pregnant, you cannot. Yeah. But I also what a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but we really are happy. I swear. <laughs> we really are happy. There just are a lot of moments that it's, it's know. almost really, I can't believe we're this far along as we are. Cause it went from finding out we're pregnant to it just knowing what we were, but not feeling like we were, you know, type of thing. Cause nothing really changed to holy shit. We're this far along already in a kind of a blink of an eye. And again, you know, it's like when you find out you're pregnant, nine months seems so far away. Like it's, it's like, yeah, we're pregnant, but I can actually imagine actually having this baby, but yeah. it's coming up so close and yeah, it'll be, it'll be here before we know it. It'll be kind of crazy. Like we went to the lake house, like before we went to New York and I hope we can go back because we absolutely love it. And it's been a dream come true to, 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 to be up there. But there's also like a really strong chance the next time we will be there, we'll have a child. <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of crazy to think about that, you know. And so that's been kind of, kind of surreal. But uh, the Lake House update has been fantastic. It really is. A, it's, lived, it's, it's truly lived up all the expectations I ever had about it. It's, it must be so triumphant really being there, especially with like the process that it was and like knowing how like challenging it was. Like, I'm sure you would have like savored every moment even without that. But it's like especially top of mind. Like, well, there's just no guarantee it, it was going to live up to the hype. I hadn't been there in like 30 years, you know, and it was, you know, there was definitely a possibility that I'd get up there and go, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. it's fine. But 
No, it's amazing. It's like, I love, we just love chilling there. It's relaxing. It's, it's a beautiful view to wake up to a lake, you know, go to bed, watch the sunset to a lake. And obviously it's, it's been super exciting. So Mary's my cousin through, through marriage. My cousin Seth is her husband and Seth is my mom's brother's son and on that side of the family. And it was just like, been really cool to like talk to Seth about like when I told my uncle, uh, Mary's father-in-law that, you know, I was buying back the house and he was going through his like old, his basement and bringing up his like tackle box from when he was a kid and things like that. And like, and they were having all these memories and just, you know, when I was a kid, you know, this was the place that I enjoyed going to the most. So the idea that we have this house and we're having a kid to have it continue to be a place where people build, you know, their memories is like such an exciting and cool feeling. And to know that, like, I hope that we have this in our family for a long time. Like, it'd be great to, th- I, I was imagining my kids' kids, like, enjoying being at the lake house like long after we're gone you know is this still going to be a place where this family creates memories and and things like that and it's like weird because we were talking about this last night what i'm really i didn't even think about this because you know when i bought it and i you know i essentially just gave it to my parents to live there and my parents are about to be empty nesters for the first time (laughs) i don't know how long like 30 40 fucking years or something like that which i think we people forget you know what a time what a transitional period we were talking about that last night with with mary's father-in-law you know it's just like you go from being like the king of your castle you know you're you're the head of the family you have your kids they're you're the center of their universe and then once you grow up and they kind of start their own families and start their own lives you go from and depending on how your relationship is with your partner after so many years of marriage like not everyone is connected as you know it can be you can go from being the center of people's universes to feeling very alone, you know? And so, and very like, almost like overnight, you know, when you become an empty nester, I do think that's like a lot of, as I've talked with my parents and talked with older people, like it can be a a very scary part of life that people don't think about. And it really kind of gave me a warm feeling to know that like the lake house, you know, it's like an excuse for all my siblings to go visit mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, you know, and have their kids because you want, you want grandma and grandpa's place to be fun. You know, you want it to be a fun place to go. And not every grandparent's house is fun. You know, sometimes it's like old and stuffy and you're not supposed to touch this and you're not supposed (laughs) to touch that. You're like, I don't want to go to fucking grandma's house. (laughs) That's so true. But like (laughs) my parents now have a desk, like a, a, a fun destination. It, it gives me peace of mind knowing that like now my parents who still very much enjoying hanging out alone and with each other, that it will always be easy for them to entertain when they want to. And it will always be easy for to have their kids and their grandkids want to come visit them and make memories there. So that's, that's like, that was like a really cool realization that I had as like a benefit to, to getting the house is like, they won't feel lonely and people will want to visit them. And, you know, as, as their grandchildren grow, grandchildren grow up, like going to grandma and grandpa's lake house will always seem fun and exciting. And just bringing that energy is like great because yeah, getting old is fucking scary. And also like, I feel like we're entering a chapter of our lives where, you know, you get to a certain age and you become the caretaker of your parents again, you know, totally. that they, role they reversal. take care of you for so long. And all of a sudden, like my parents are fine. They're doing great. They're super healthy. 
you know, overall, but like you're, I'm entering that stage of what is, what do my parents need? You know, how can I take care of them? And it's like a very vulnerable and, and crazy feeling. Totally. Yeah. In addition to thinking like kind of about like the way that your kids will experience like having grandparents, have there been any other elements of parenthood that have been kind of like top of mind, whether it's like stuff that you are really excited about or things that you're like turning over in your brain or trying to sort of suss out where you, you stand as of now? You know, we talk a lot about that. I'm kind of nervous to admit. Please. We're worried that we we know we will love our child children. We know unconditionally our children will, will, will not want for love. We will be there by their side through good times and bad. There is no guarantee we're going to like our kid. <laughs> That's true, but you can kind of form them into someone you like. Sure, to a certain degree, but I think we are born the like, I, and I, I'm saying this as someone who has 10 siblings. And there can are. We, can we insert you're... the crickets after Nick said that, please? We're all just <laughs> that's like. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm just he's saying. He's like, we are biggest fear. I'm like, no, bitch, that's yours, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest. I, I have 11, there's 11 kids, and we're all fucking, we have the same parents, and we, we all had a really wonderful childhood. And with and my parents' values didn't really all change all that much. Yeah, they've become more progressive if we've gotten older, et cetera, et cetera. But everyone's different, you know? And 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 I remember siblings, you know, being born, you know, when I was old enough to you know, and they just from the get were just fucking different, you know? And I think how you're raised can mat like certainly have a names. significant <laughs> impact on your life. But Rank like we all we're we're born with different personalities and like I have siblings you know, now, um, now we all love our siblings, but we all have siblings that we wouldn't necessarily hang out with if they weren't our siblings, you know, like you don't get to pick family. And it's the, it's kind of, if you're thinking about it, it's the same with kids. Like I'm going to love my kid, but what if, what if like, we just have different personalities, you know, what if they take after their uncle or aunt who, who like, I'm just like, Oh, we got to hang out with them again. You know, like it's, it's not a guarantee. And I just think that's part of parenting of realizing that you love your child, but like you might like being in the same room might be. I think there's definitely, I think, I think there are definitely will be moments. <laughs> There will be, but you, there you, really, there's there never will, an awkward no, moment with I, a family member. Like, I'm a thousand percent with Nick on this. <laughs> because because I think kid? No, I think it is a beautiful sentiment. Nick won't, there will be moments that Nick won't like our child because they're just like annoying or whatever. But I don't think overall you'll be like, yeah, I just don't fuck with that kid. Like love him. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's just like not really my No, of course me. I will love my child unconditionally, <laughs> but I'm just objectively realizing that there is no guarantee they're going to pop out and be like, yeah, we're best friends. Totally. I think it is an amazing people. sentiment because it's I think it's so important. Like something my mom is really big on is like kids show up as they are of like, yes, there are ways that you can like absolutely like, you know, whole nature versus nurture. Like there's definitely a role yeah. of nurture, a way you can like shape them, hopefully like instill values in them. But there's also just like inherent personality traits that like as yeah. a parent, like some there's some stuff that you're just like kind of excavating, like you're just discovering it. And so I think it's a really cool sentiment to admit that there's some ways that you can't like assume your kid is going to be compatible with you in every which way. And as their parent, there's a sense of responsibility that I'm going to have to be the one who accommodates to my child more than I expect them to accommodate to me. And if I want to have a relationship with my child, especially early on, I'm going to have to find ways to make sure that I can connect with them, even if it doesn't come 
come as naturally as I might hope. They might pop up. Like, and again, Natalie and I are a very different in a lot of ways, you know, and with different personalities. She's more extroverted. I'm more introverted, you know. So there's certain character traits that our kid is going to inherit, and we just don't know how that's going to play out. And I do think you just assume that you're going to have a kid and they're going to be like clones of you. And like, that's not necessarily true. And like, yeah, as we, as, as my kid gets older, I hope maybe, and then I be, and I'm in like a fucking wheelchair and whatever. And like, I hope they accommodate me and like when they're taking care of me, but I'm going to have to be mindful of the fact that like, I'm going to have to learn my kid's personality and who they are and how they respond to things. And I can't just assume that they're going to want to like hang out the way I want to hang out. And like, am I going to like my kid? Is it, is that something I kind of worry about? Because it's like, there's just no guarantee, but I'm going to love my kid. So if you're watching yeah. this someday, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, say nuts? something. I'm going to get so much heat, no. get so much heat for this. Yeah. They'll like probably challenge you to grow. Yeah. You know, you might try new things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we also, to your question, we talk a lot about parenting and like different things we want to try, things that, you know, how well Nally was raised that she really remembered and appreciated. Like we talk about this a lot. I think all we really want to do is teach our kid uh, or children, if we're lucky enough to have more than one, like to be good decision makers. If I, if we can do that as parents at the end of the day, just teach them the value of uh, respecting themselves, thinking they are worthy of expecting people to prioritize their needs and also be selfless and human and humble, but just be able to make good decisions for themselves at all aspects of their lives. That's all I really want to accomplish. That's it. You know, totally like a sense of intuition and like having them like, you know, like the trust your gut thing, like really creating a space where like, they like learn to yeah, like what that I means. don't want to be a helicopter parent and I want to, I want our kid to be able to make tough decisions. And I think that's something in today's society that parents have gotten away from, you know, where it's just like, you know, there's all these, like back in the day when our, our parents had kids, it was more of this kind of figure it out. You know, we weren't family planning and we weren't like, you know, we didn't have our college funds ready for us before we're out of the womb. Like some people are lucky enough to have and things like that. And all this, are we ready to finally have kids? Do we have a plan? You know, like, and I think that can be great if you're able to do that. But yeah, I think that that fear of failure or making sure, you know, and I, I know like shit with the way we treat Jeff, we're, we're helicopter dog parents, you know? So that I think it will be a challenge for us to not, to, to be able to pull back. But if all I did is teach our kid to make good decisions for themselves, especially in difficult times, you know, because they're going to be faced with adversity and they're going to be put in pressured situations and mom and dad aren't always going to be able to, to do that. And that's all I really want to do is teach my kid how to make good, strong decisions for themselves and the ability to learn from decisions they, they get, they get wrong. That that's, that's all I really want to do. That's, and if I do that, I feel like I've been a good dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Period. I think someone else who Period. would yeah. Love some assistance making decisions. Is it mm -hmm. texting office hours already? Yeah, sweating the wedding. Because you're not only oh. having a baby, you're getting married. Oh Woo! my God. In case you needed a little bit more stress. Well, when we get back, <laughs> for all you Swifty fans out there, Mary has some more thoughts on the Scooter Braun drama that I found very interesting that we're going to get into right after sweating the wedding. So don't go anywhere because. Damn. Taylor called it. Ooh. And she wrote about it. Ooh. Period. Play. 
Well, right now, you all know we're in New York. We've been doing a bit of traveling, which is always fun. But you've heard me talk about Helix mattresses before. And there is something about us every time we return home after a long, uh, a few days on the road. It's the best part about our vacations is going home and sleeping on our Helix mattress. You should never buy another mattress other than Helix. We will be Helix customers for life. It's also affordable. These are not like overly priced mattresses. It's so easy to shop. They have a mattress for everyone. Whether you sleep hot, sleep cold, sleep on your side, sleep on your back, it doesn't really matter. There is a mattress for everyone. They have 14 different matches to choose from. I think we got the midnight. But to get the mattress that's right for you, just go to helixsleep.com. You take a quick like a test or assessment, you know, answer a few questions about how you sleep and who you are, and they will select a mattress that's perfect for you. The best part is you get to try it for 100 nights. And if you don't like it, you get to send it back, but you won't. Plus, right now, Helix is offering you two free pillows. All of their mattresses come between a 10 and 15 year warranty. Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Love Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, and mattress designs for big and tall sleepers. And even a mattress made just for kids. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Labor Day. Go to helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code HELIXPARTNER25 this is their best offer yet and won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code HELIXPARTNER25 for 25% off and two free pillows. Fresh ball fall is upon us. What a weird thing to say, but it doesn't make it untrue. Ladies, uh, help the man in your life keep themselves groomed in the parts that matter most. And just a dirty little secret, you've heard me say it before, if your man doesn't have a designated clippers for his under area, chances are he is using your stuff or using his stuff that he's been using on his head. Help your man stop being the disgusting creature that he is and get him some of the amazing stuff over at Manscaped, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with the advanced skin safe. You can go nuts down there, no pun intended. Uh, you can just zig and zag all the way around and not a cut or scrape they will have. Truly, uh, Manscaped is doing great things when it comes to men's grooming. So get the men in your life the uh, grooming equipment they, ne they need and... Just so you know, Amanda's here to let you know they have amazing deodorant. Amanda's always here to let and us know. They're not just for balls. Know. They have great deodorant that is also yeah. for underarms. I use it. It is my favorite deodorant. It has lasted forever. Um, it is like goes on clear. Great for the skin. Amazing. Like fresh scent all day. Like cannot say enough good things about this deodorant. We'll absolutely be repurchasing whenever it finally runs out. Join the over 9 million men worldwide using Manscaped now. Bring in the fall the right way and get 20% off and free shipping with code V-I-A-L-L at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use code V-I-A-L-L. As leaves fall, make sure you have it all with Manscaped. How's it going? Hi, my name's Sarah and I'm 27. Um, my best friend from college is getting married and she did not give me a plus one. And I'm trying to decide if I want to go or not. Okay. Ooh. Just because you don't have a plus one. Uh, yeah, I guess there's more to it. Yeah. Um, what's more to it? Because, you know, at first I'm thinking, well, you know, you're not necessarily entitled to one, but mm -hmm. why do you feel like this, uh, is a, a kind of a, a slap in the face, so to speak? Sure. So I've been in a committed relationship for over five years now. 
Um, The (laughs) reason behind not getting a plus one was presented to me as um, they were just overbooked and didn't have enough room for any other people in the wedding, I guess. Um, But I know the real reason was because my boyfriend and her have differing political views. So they have argued and kind of uh, butt heads over that in the past. So that's kind of more, there's more to it, I guess, in that way. Yeah. Hmm. Um, have you talked with your friend about this? I have. Um, I, at first I didn't respond because I felt kind of uncomfortable because I feel like I'm a little bit of the mediator between their relationship. Um, but when I reached out, I just told her, um, cause the RSVP isn't due until the middle of the month. So I'm like, I still have time, but I just want to acknowledge that I saw your message and that I'm considering everything. Um, and that I have to travel out of state. So it's just a lot to consider. Um, so her response kind of came back firing at me and their arguments. Um, so she said that she doesn't feel comfortable with him there because he doesn't support her and her family and what they believe and yada, yada, yada. So, um, yeah. So that, I mean, and then again, is is there something specific that she is going through, uh, or is she just um, personalizing uh, her beliefs as not supporting her? And you know what I'm saying? Like, is yeah, because like you know, someone might experience something that is personally affecting them, and then that mm-hmm. could also be tied to common political discourse um, where right. it feels she feels more triggered by it or there are people who are just stand the right or stand the left and they just fucking love arguing about it with people and they just they wear it on their fucking sleeves and then you know this is who they are um, I would say they're both um, my boyfriend and her are both that wear it on their sleeves fight about it on Facebook um, right. super argumentative so, so you're, they're, they're both never obnoxious yeah yeah Yeah. and i'll admit that i'm not that way but i know both of them are um so a lot of that um has just made them dislike each other without even really knowing each other but i guess my biggest thing is that i'm in the middle of it and my when i brought it up to my boyfriend um he was just really um upset about it i guess and i wasn't really expecting that response from him because i didn't think he'd want to go anyway um but his response kind of gave me a bad taste too because I didn't know um or not that I didn't know he was going to respond that way I guess but he made the point of if I wasn't invited to one of his friends wedding after us being together for five years how uncomfortable that would make me feel sure and then when I put it myself in those shoes I agreed so then I really started considering not going all together just because I'd rather keep the peace. I see this friend once every five years. I see my yeah. boyfriend every day. Um, yeah, yeah. So I just felt like to keep the peace. But then a part of me is like, what if one day I look back and I'm, I regret not going because whatever didn't work out or, you know, I guess I'm just pessimistic. I'm assuming your boyfriend's not home right now, right? No, I'm actually um, at one of the hotels I work for. So <laughs> I'm by myself. Because <laughs> uh, I'd love a chance to, uh, to speak oh, with him. Um, I don't know if you'd like that. <laughs> no, it's a him problem. Um, it's a really interesting situation. Hey, listen, it's her wedding. And I disagree with both of them. And the fact that they, I, I don't, I've gone on and on about this. The, you know, the fact that we live in a society where we, we, we've 
created enemies, true enemies. And we don't even see, you know, a difference of opinion. We see good and evil with people with different, you know, value systems. And we truly have decided that if someone disagrees with us, they're bad and they're, we shouldn't be around them and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that both your friend and your boyfriend are kind of the obnoxious, you know, diehards, so to speak, that kind of make everything about their political beliefs and kind of love egging people on. These two mm-hmm. people should never have been talking politics to each other. And yet they right. clearly have and they can't help themselves from doing it. Et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that it's her wedding, I can get why someone who's as passionate as she is doesn't want to fuck with someone who clearly she finds to be just personally offensive. And your boyfriend, on the other hand, has played a role in that as well. I actually think it's a good sign that he had the reaction that he did, where he felt that his his feelings were hurt. It kind of Mm -hmm. showed a human side and it kind of showed that maybe there is hope in the sense that maybe this is an opportunity to realize that, you know, it's good to have conviction about what you believe that maybe like it's not the end all be all. And, and, and what is the end all be all is your interpersonal relationships and the people you have in your life and the people you make connections with and family and friends and, and their family and friends and, and creating your community, et cetera, et cetera, that can go beyond just, various beliefs. I think there's a potential solution here. And I don't know if your boyfriend's willing to do it, but if it bothers him so much, he has to a first take responsibility where his feelings can be hurt, but he also has to recognize why would she want him there? She clearly, he has said things to offend her. She finds him personally offensive. He finds her personally offensive. So he can at least relate to how she feels about him because it's how he feels about her. So if nothing else, they can relate to how they feel about each other. And if Mm -hmm. it really hurts his feelings and if he can empathize with you and the situation you find yourself in, would it be, and I don't know, it might not do anything. I don't know. But would it be possible? What if your boyfriend reached out and and to her through a letter or email and say, hey, listen, I know we've had our differences, but clearly Sarah cares about you. She very wants to be at your wedding. This has been a conflict. And I just want to apologize for ever like, you know, we have our differences but clearly you're a great person. You have been friends. We don't see eye to eye, but I, I hate that I, you know, this situation has caused conflict. And if you're willing, I'd love to accommodate, you know, Sarah to the wedding because I know she wants to be there and I, it's your day. I want to, res- you know, and just like, could this be the start of them agreeing to just shut the fuck up about their beliefs when they're around each other? Like, we don't always have to sit there and argue about politics and you can be in the same room with someone who just has different values than you have and you don't have to get into it and you don't have to like use every moment to like, are you know, not everyone agrees with me on that, but mm-hmm. if he's interested in doing that and if he truly is bothered by how this makes him feel and, and is bothered by the decision you have to make, it really is on him. It's not on her to make this work. It's her wedding. She doesn't have to accommodate him, but I do think this could be an opportunity uh, to maybe mend some fences, and it would require some humility and grace on the part of your boyfriend. I would, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I think that that would be good, but I don't know that either of them are willing to really like budge, but maybe. Um, but I guess like looking forward now, an obstacle that's come up is that same weekend, my boyfriend's cousin has a wedding also. Um, and it's that Friday. So flying to a different state, 
doing all that, trying to make everything work where I could just go to a wedding where my boyfriend's there too. Well, but if he has a wedding to go to, why don't you guys just go to two separate weddings? Yeah, but that, part of that's... me wants to go where he goes, I guess. Like, I don't, I would rather go to a wedding with someone. It's uncomfortable to go to a different state. No, I hear stay you. by myself, you know, there's just a lot more to it. And I think I'm leaning towards no, if things don't like resolve, which I don't really foresee that. Well, they're not going to unless, yeah, they're not going to magically, she's not going to get over it. And honestly, I don't fault her. It's her, it's just her wedding, you know, like I, I wouldn't, if, if, if Natalie got in, you know, if some, if someone I knew offended Natalie uh, and she was like, I don't want them there, you know, like, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to argue that. I don't agree yeah. with people fighting over this stuff and, and, and creating conflict in families. But unfortunately, I'm in the minority, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of, of that argument. But, you know, it's you're just going to have to decide. I, I think right now, just be careful that you're just not taking the more convenient, easy way out and doing the things where you said, well, I see him every day. I see her once a five year, every five years. I'm not here to tell you how important that friendship is to you. But you did mm-hmm. say it's a lifelong friendship. And once every five years is still something. And maybe it's once every five years now because your lives are so busy and you're kind of at that part of your life, but you just never really know. And I don't know if your friend's ever going to get married again. I'm certainly certain that she's not planning on it, but you not being there is something she is going to remember, you know? And I don't think your boyfriend uh, is going to be as upset as she's going to be upset by you not going to his cousin's wedding because. The fact that he does have something to do makes it easier on you to go to her wedding where you're just like, you know what? You got a family wedding. I got my family wedding. I know this sucks or whatever, but he's got to recognize that he has played or he can't just be the victim here. He can't be like, I can't believe I got uninvited. Like he knows why he's uninvited. If it really hurts his feelings, he has the opportunity to extend an olive branch. And if he Mm -hmm. doesn't want to do that, that's fine. But if he doesn't want to do that, he doesn't get to throw a fit about his feelings being hurt. And I think that's fair for you to point out to him. Hey, it would mean a lot to me if you could try, but if you don't want to try, fine, but you don't get to have your hurt feelings if I'm going to still go and and support my friend. And also you did just say it, like you see your boyfriend every day and this isn't just like a friend of yours birthday dinner. Like this is a lifelong friend's wedding. And so I think missing that, regardless if you and your boyfriend work out, missing that will always be something that kind of is in the middle of the two of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is this worth killing a friendship? Cause I don't think it's going to kill your relationship. And I think you're, ri- I think you're risking your friendship and I, you know, and so I don't know. And I, and, and, and given it's her wedding, I think it's on your boyfriend to extend the olive branch, not the other way around. And if he does that and she gives him the old fuck you, then that kind of resets the conversation. You know, maybe then she is more like, hey, we tried, you know, like he, that was a really gracious note. He really humbled himself. He was just like, I just want to there and support you. I'll shut the fuck up. We have our differences, but clearly you're a special person to Sarah. And I just want to accompany her to this wedding. I, I get why you've had your frustrations and humble himself to say, I get why I wasn't invited. I get it. I've I said some things that I would, you know, that were upsetting. And I'm sorry for that. And we may have our differences, but I hope we can have a relationship. I, I think my boyfriend has really changed his tune since the initial conversation because when it did get brought up like last week, he was more receptive and was like, oh, I just figured you were going to that because initially he was so angry, but I think he was like, she's going to go because that's her friend. 
Um, but I feel like in my mind, I'm almost talking myself out of going just because I would rather go to, again, go to a wedding where he can go. And, it's just because and, you're you're angry that he's not invited. Yeah. And you want to like, go alone. get back at her and be like, well, I'm just not going to go then. If you like, mm-hmm. so choose, like, do you want the both, you know, me there? Then that means he has to come too, which I totally understand. But I think uh, you have to put your pride aside and just be a good friend. If being a good friend to her matters to you. And show up to her wedding and support her. And I mean, you'll see your boyfriend on Monday, you know? True. And, and I, think, good advice. I think in the long run, like having your boyfriend reach out is you putting yourself first. Because outside of this situation, the situation is coming to a head because of this wedding. But outside of it, these are two people that care about you. And <laughs> ultimately, like, shouldn't be arguing and putting you in this position. But it's on your boyfriend right now to be the one to to lean in and apologize because it is her wedding. Right. And then the initial heat of everything, he said something along the lines of, okay, well then when we get married, I don't feel comfortable with her there. And then initially, you know, it's just, there's so much to it that I'd rather than. And there's just two prideful people who offended each other. And, you know, it it goes, people will, people surprise people when one person's willing to say, to like reach out as an olive branch, mo- mo- very most people are receptive to be like they're kind of like, oh okay, well you're not so, so bad, you know. But most people are just too stubborn to fucking do it. So, I'll be surprised if he really tries to extend an olive branch and writes her a gracious note and really kind of falls on the sword and kind of takes his pride out of it. If she's not receptive in some way. And knowing both of them really well, I know she would be super receptive of it, but just getting him to that point where he's going to swallow his pride and just do it. He has no right to be offended if he's not going to do that. Yeah. Because that's just him being self-centered then, because he should use this as an opportunity, like Natalie and and Mary mentioned that like, this is about you and your friendship. And he has played Mm -hmm. a role in this conflict. He is half responsible and i'm sure your friend's also half responsible too but it's her wedding and she has the right to be like i don't know if i want because she's thinking what a nightmare what a nightmare to get married and have and then all of a sudden i get a political heated exchange at my wedding that's what she's trying to avoid and she has the right to want to avoid that so it's on him to say you can trust me i want none of that let's we don't need to argue about this let's find common ground I bet your friend and your boyfriend, if they really tried to, could sit in a room and if they were only allowed to focus on things they had in common, they would find common ground. They're just not prioritizing that right now. I think it's, it's on him to extend that olive branch. And it's a good sign he cares. And it's a good sign that he quite honestly, wa- he would, was planning on inviting her and that he doesn't want to, you know, so he has empathy. You know, mm-hmm. he just has to be the bigger person. Being, what, being the bigger person is fun. You get to say you're the bigger person to yourself, at least. Mm-hmm. He's sort of say that to her. Uh, <laughs> but I think you should challenge him to be the bigger person. And I think especially if like I know political stuff, especially with like the role of like identity politi- politics and like as like Nick was saying at the beginning about how it is something that is so personal to so many people. And it's like this huge indicator of values. Like I think with that sometimes something that get lo- gets lost in the conversation is like the role of discernment and when it's like a good or opportune time to actually connect with someone because it's like if the whole point of arguing about politics is to like is that you have like a very intense value and you it's upset it's really upsetting to you that someone doesn't share that and you're trying to like kind of like convert them to that like 
there's also an important like level of self-awareness of knowing when you're just like, no matter what you say, someone is not going to change their mind. And like, that is all to say that like, it is not always like silence and bystanding to be discerning about like when things come up. And I think for him, like just kind of framing it that way of not saying like, this isn't some big deal, but just saying it is simply ineffective to bring politics into this specific arena of life because of where you're both at and like how firmly you both stand in your opinions. Like, I think that's also Mm -hmm. an important part of the conversation in politics is like, I know some people don't feel safe with people who have really opposing political beliefs. Um, And so this is not like to say that those people should be like forced to be with people they don't feel safe with. But outside of that case, I think there's like a huge role in like humanizing and connecting with like the other side of the aisle, so to speak. And it's an essential part of like, if we are actually going to solve anything, um, you have to understand people and understand how to get through to them. And I know that this is not some long game of him eventually convincing her within the political views. But I think like Mm -hmm. maybe just like going into that side of things and just like talking about the role of discernment. So that way you're acknowledging how important it is without saying, but don't make it important in this way. But just saying, like, let's look at it through a different lens of like the importance of like connection and respect and how like that is the most conducive to like actually having like meaningful change with people. All right. Well, it sounds like we have an opinion. We we think he should reach out and humble himself and try to extend an olive branch. If he's not going to do that, especially if he decides not to do that. Personally, I think we agree that you should go to her wedding. He should go to the cousin's wedding. The consequence of not going, I think, is far more severe than the consequence of of going. You know, I, I think you're like you said, your boyfriend was expecting you to go. He, he already has something to do uh, mm-hmm. and you're going to give him the opportunity to make it right. And him saying, I don't want to do that. You can calmly say, all right, I respect it. I fair. But like, I, I, I'm going to go to her wedding, you know, and if you don't want to write, that's fine. I'm not going to get mad at you and I'm not going to fight with you about it. But mm-hmm. I'm just not ready to say goodbye to this friendship yet. And uh, I hope in the future if you guys ever see each other again, you'll use that as an opportunity to just bite your tongue and, and consider my feelings and my friendships. And just, you know, you don't have to, like Amanda said, it's not your job to convince her. You guys, yeah, you just go your separate ways. You're both good people. I'm sad that you guys can't get on the same page, but it's fine. You know, neither of you are going to change each other's minds, but, um, I feel like that's, I think think we're in agreement. Go support your friend, have a fun weekend, and you'll spend the rest of your life with your boyfriend, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's good advice. (laughs) And prove to yourself that like you are independent because I think it's so easy in relationships to just get like out of practice of like doing certain things like travels, logistics, like it's like, oh, the buddy (laughs) system and it's awesome. And then you have another person. And so to have that like taken away is like, feels like uncomfortable I think but it also like yeah the more it's like then taken away the more it becomes like a scary thing and so I think having this little moment of like even if it is because of circumstances beyond your control like being kind of pushed to like remind yourself that you are independent and that you can function and that you'll probably connect hopefully with some other like friends from college or people that you haven't seen in a while like I think there's also a way of looking at it where it's like okay I'm gonna have some me time and then I'm gonna be so goddamn excited to see him when the weekend's over yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. or get him to you know humble himself nick wants him to write yeah. nick wants him to write a letter I but do. if he doesn't want to it's okay like it's, it's totally fine, fine but like i just i think he needs to just for the like just for future things i think like whatever totally. with the wedding he might not come he might not even i think it'd be awkward for him to come at this point after everything that's been said and not being invited but for future stuff like i do ex- 
want her to be invited to my wedding if him and I are to get yeah. married or whatever that may be. Um, but yeah, I should just go. I mean, and I'm the, leaning that way, but it's the just reality is, you know, I think we're a species that needs purpose in our lives. And as society, you know, we're getting like a whole philosophical thing, but like, <laughs> you know, religion, it, we, we just need purpose and people have found purpose through politics, you know, and that can be great. But like, sometimes we get a little carried away. And I think your friend and your boyfriend both very much find their purpose and advocating for these beliefs that they feel very strongly about. And they they can still have that, but now they're realizing it's affecting other aspects of their lives and it's creating more consequence and drama than it needs to be. And like, you know, maybe that, maybe this is a great opportunity for your boyfriend to re reset how he wants his purpose and his beliefs to affect all aspects of his life because like you said this like this if he's the, if they're both just hardcore and specifically your partner because you're right you only see your friend every five years and if you end up marrying this guy you're going to marry a guy who has a habit of being so divisive and getting in these types of discussions and discourse with people who don't agree with him and it won't be the last person you have to deal with this type of conflict with all right well definitely keep us posted we're dying to know what you would decide to do Okay. Yeah, let us know what your RSVP says. One person yeah. or two people or no people. And we won't be mad. We'll just be disappointed if you don't take our advice. I'm just kidding. Whatever you decide to do, we want an update. We'll appreciate it. Okay, sounds good. I will All definitely right. update you guys. All right, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, Sarah. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Rocket money. How many people uh, out there are wasting money on apps they have downloaded and have not used? But chances are probably way more than you even realize. Well, there is a solution to start saving money today, and that is with Rocket Money. It blew my mind when I found out that over 80% of people have subscriptions they have forgotten about. Seriously. I mean, I know I'm one of those people. I've literally saved over $1,000 a year by using Rocket Money. The average person who has used Rocket Money has uh, saved over $720 a year. That's just the average. So chances are you could be saving a lot more than that. So if you want to start finding out where your money is going down the drain, you got to download Rocket Money today. Rocket Money is a personalized finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending about $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, it's closer to 200 or maybe even more. Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want, and just with the press of a button, Get rid of the ones that you don't use. Also, will help you can uh, uh, Rocket Money can now help you negotiate and lower your bills up to twenty percent. All it takes is a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So many great things you can do with Rocket Money. So stop wasting money today on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's rocketmoney.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Rocketmoney.com slash V-I-A-L-L. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Now get 20% off every IQ Bar product plus free shipping when you text FILES, F-I-L-E-S, to 64000. Well, you've heard Amanda brag about IQ Bar like a ton. That's because it is delicious. And she got me on it, and then she got the rest of the team on it. It's Listen, it's hard to eat healthy, especially for all the people who are on the go. We know many people listening to the show are constantly on the go. And they're just too busy to find healthy snacks. There's always that choice. Like, do I want to enjoy what I'm eating? Do I want to eat healthy with IQ Bar? You can do both. You can have a delicious snack that is packed with nutrients 
and things that are good for you. I had 17 hours of travel to get to Australia. And even though I had really limited space in my luggage, (laughs) truly, I brought so many IQ bars because it's like the worst part of traveling is like when you're exhausted, you're jet lagged and like, I don't know, plain food can sometimes be really questionable. And so it's like that thing of you don't want to be hungry, but also like you don't want to feel like malnourished during a trip. And so truly IQ bar was the perfect thing because not only is it like packed with protein, there's not too much sugar. It's got amazing like ingredients that support your brain health. Um, and it's also like all the dietary requirements. I insisted my friend try it when I got there. I was like, you, I need to get you on this. Like this is a hack. Um, and so like no matter all, she has some like dietary restrictions. All of those are accommodated with IQ bar. People who are um, keto, paleo, vegan, gluten free, all of you can enjoy IQ bar. Well, right now you can get 20% off all IQ bar products plus free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text files, F I L E S, to 64,000. Get your discount. That's right. Text files, F I L E S, to 64,000. That's files to 64,000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Uh, Mary. Uh, you listened to our episode with, with Paige and we were getting into the whole scooter bra and drama and Paige had this very interesting theory that I really thought made a ton of sense. And that theory, just to recap to our audience was something around the fact that like so many of these kind of scandals in Hollywood have usually centered around some sort of like misbehavior when it comes to like sexual sex or an act, you know, uh, sexual misconduct and things like that. But that, that doesn't seem to be the case with, with scooter. And Paige kind of brought up this theory about maybe it has to do with more money and finances and kind of shading us around the manager and talent relationship that is, is like historically, there have been a lot of incidences of, of, of shady managers, you know, stealing from clients and things like that. And it made a lot of sense. And then you brought up the fact that uh, as someone who is a Swifty stand, who not only enjoys your music, but you are someone, you're one of the fan bases that really enjoys breaking down the lyrics of her songs because Taylor is known for writing in a lot of Easter eggs, as they say, uh, to kind of almost tell her story through her music because, you know, it's one thing for like reality TV stars to come on a podcast and do like a tell all and be like, and this happened. And yeah, but tell-alls are often kind of viewed as kind of scandalous or whatever, but Taylor's been able to express herself musically. Anyway, take it away. I mean, there's a lot here to unpack and definitely go on TikTok, go on Swifty Talk if you want to learn some more. Um, but she has in recent history, like three songs that are definitely about Scooter. Some are about Scott Borchetta, but like three are for sure about Scooter. Those three songs are? One is Mad Woman. That sounds like it's about Scooter already. Yeah, she's mad. The other is Karma. Obviously. Um, and then the other one is Vigilante Shit. So all, all three of those, like if you put them together, they kind of like paint a picture. Overall, the, the theme that we see is like Scooter is this kind of like bully who values money over everything, like over like artistry and over like relationships. personal relationships. Mm-hmm. In the last verse of Mad Woman... She's like, the master of spin has a couple side flings. Good wives always know. Oh, because he got a divorce. He got a divorce. And then she might know some stuff. She also makes references to like a yacht and like I'm moving on, but like I breathe, breathe flames and stuff. She's got some like, like you poke the bear. Yeah. yeah kind of like yeah. watch out. It's yeah. almost like a threat. It's a little threat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little. Seems to be working. But even in like vigilante shit, like someone told your white collar crimes to the FBI. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. also in vigilante shit. So, like, next we move on to, to vigilante shit. She says that. But first she says she needed cold hard, hard proof. So I gave her some. She had the envelope where you think she got it from. So she's saying, like, I, like. Needed proof. I told your wife. Oh, maybe, shit. That. You were cheating on her? Picture oh, me. Like do you think Taylor Swift was the one who maybe dropped Honestly, the like, key? that, I feel like that would be, say, like, yeah, he steals all of her music from her, and she's like, okay, well, you know what? I know this about you, so let me just call up your wife. She'll take, she'll take a call from Taylor Swift. But it sounds like Taylor came with the receipts too. Yeah. She didn't yeah. just come with rumors. She wasn't no, like, she oh, by always the way, has I heard the this. Yes. Well, because also when this song came out, people were also speculating maybe it was a Kim and Kanye situation because there was a photo of Kim with like an envelope. And then it was all about like Kim got all the cars, Kim got the kids and the divorce, all this other stuff. So it's like all these men that have wronged Taylor. It's like she's coming back, baby. <laughs> the white collar crimes line is yeah. very telling. I can totally see Scooter Braun like as a cokehead. Coke yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I, it also just feels like like the Venn diagram of people named Scooter versus cokeheads <laughs> looking yeah. real close to a circle. Literally. <laughs> it's, it's kind of manifest destiny. So yeah. And I feel like yeah. one of his clients found out like some shady shit he was doing and passed it along and it's kind of trickling down his client list. The fact that Scooter did what he did to Taylor. And regardless of what you thought of it at the time, you know, other people were like, well, well, you know, it's the right to do it or blah, blah, blah. And Swifties obviously were like, fuck you, Scooter. That Taylor Swift is currently going through one of the most successful tours in the history of, of music. Her star has never been brighter. Uh, she is turning middle-aged men into Swifties. She has catapulted beyond like a niche, you know, you know group, even, even, even the most successful celebrities like have their like niche fan base, you know, where it's like the Swifties, right? You know, and it's like this maybe a group of people, a large group, but a group where now Taylor is truly like, because kind of everyone's a fan, you know, and it's, and this is all happening while her biggest arch rival is not only like kind of going through it, but it sure seems like, you know, granted, it seems like Scooter's Red so like he, maybe he doesn't care, but his... His brand, his star power, his credibility, everything has never been lower. And if you believe in karma, it truly, this is of, of karma. It's a, it's a wild, it's a wild, it's a wild, wild, uh, fascinating thing. But it's you know? like, maybe he but, had to do some sketchy, sketchy ass deals to make up for the fact that he spent $300 million on her catalog. I mean, there's like, and then karma, people have been like really close reading. You know, I was an English major, so people are like, you know, really getting in there, analyzing that like karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. And that's like in reference to her tours. And every time she like drops a new like TV, like it's on the weekend. So that's like your karma. Uh... And she says like Spider Boy, King of Thieves and Spider Boy, like SB. Scooter Braun. Oh, she's oh. such a clever she's writer. So yeah. She's the line, my pennies made your crown because like he gets pennies from every stream from her oh, songs. Yeah. So all those pennies add up to make his crown. But she the fact that I think him. that song, well, yeah, and that song is definitely mostly about Scooter Braun. But the fact that that dropped in the same week that Kanye got, you know, his deal with Adidas taken away from him and his billion hood taken away from him because of that. Like, it's just amazing. 
And she, I, I recently rewatched her folklore Long Pond studio session, and she's talking with Aaron Desner, who, you know, is like her music producer now. And he was encouraging her during that album to like be okay with writing songs about more than one situation, which she'd never really done before. And so I feel like, I mean, one, that's just made her songs like so much more complex and creative and amazing. But you, you see these songs that can be about like probably Carly and also about Scooter and about Scooter and Kanye and then also about like can you break down Carly Kloss? What happened with them? Oh and why was her being at the con- the like, show? All conspiracy, though. I mean, I have no idea why she showed up to that show. And I saw she was passing out friendship bracelets with her name on it, oh, which is everything gross. I need to know about her. Carly Kloss Carly was, was handing out yeah. friendship bracelets with Carly's name on it? Yeah. Yeah. At a Taylor Swift concert? Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's weird. Hmm. Just back to the Kanye thing. Someone might need to fact check me, but I'm pretty sure a scooter represented Kanye like during the whole like I made that bitch famous and like he lied about the, the phone call. They fabricated the phone call. Oh, yeah. 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 So she's like like scooter. She didn't like him prior to the sale. Yeah. They parted ways in 2018, moved, they, but they'd worked together for two and a half years up until that point. Hmm. Huh. Did speaking of Kanye, did y'all see that um, photo of him on a yacht getting head from his wife, and he's like pantsless? So we're like, what? North- I did not see this. <laughs> the comments are like, North is on this app. Everyone like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> he's it's it's all these paparazzi photos. Him and his wife are in They're Italy, in, like, and he's on a boat, and you just see her elbow like on his knee, and then his like, like butt crack, crack, like his pants are down. Is he oh, standing yeah, his, or sitting? His he's whole sitting. ass is out. His yeah. whole ass is out, and then you see another shot from this way, like looking at his, Kanye's face, and you see his wife's like head turned, and so she's obviously like in front of him. Just and there's other. Well, people, how is this legal? Though? There's other people on this little boat. Yeah, like, it's a river taxi. They had a driver and this like in, this unknown female friend, and then the article was like they they parked the boat or they got off the boat, and she adjusted her trench coat. And then she grabbed the hand of the unknown female friend. And I'm like, okay. So like the three of them are just kind of walking hand in hand on these streets after this pantless so weird. brigade. Yeah. yeah, his ass is on like the cold ass it's like boat wood. Out. Like yeah, he's like his sitting. Yeah. It's like a very funny photo. He's just getting public head. Y- yes. And it's not so just like... So I haven't like, seen the photo, but are, are you saying like... Because my first thought is like, how is it okay that paparazzi are able to take this photo? But you're saying he's just like out in public. Yeah. There's another boat like right next to him. You also can't see anything other than his butt. So it's not like you can see her actually giving head. You just know his pants are down and she's in the assumed position. Correct. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Of course, like all of these are like blurred out but this is like and then there's a video and he like stands up and and he's it's his full ass it's not even like he was like oh i'm just gonna like oh stick God. it to a the little zipper. like fucking like in like venice italy a or tiny like, yes a, little, a river little... boat he's got his pants down to his knees <laughs> and yes north is on that app and he that's his big thing is like you like about kim like you let north be on tiktok and make these tiktoks and Sometimes there are the songs that have cuss words in it or whatever, and he gets so angry. And, and then he's it's out like, in, in public, but you're in public getting head from your, like, wow. from your wife. Uh, are any of you uh, Hunger Game fans? Oh my god, I am. <gasps> I my am too. my favorite movie the- is Catching Fire. <laughs> you're am. such a weirdo. 
<laughs> I enjoy. I didn't love. read the books, but I enjoyed the movies. You should. I know. I know. Uh, but I can't read. So dyslexic, illiterate. Oh, um, <laughs> illiterate. Did you guys? He's all literally see- so fucking stupid. <laughs> did you see the? Did you see the uh, comments? The new directors. They're they're coming out with a prequel. Yes. Yeah. Which I've read. Oh, okay. And well, I'm in the, the process of the director. Reading. I thought were kind of fucking weird. Well, I feel like he's doing it because he obviously was worried. Like, would anyone even watch this if Jennifer, you know, as Katniss isn't the lead? And so I feel like he's trying to differentiate Rachel and Jennifer's characters by saying that Rachel's character is anti Katniss to just be like, don't worry. But just like, it's like Rachel Ziegler can't help but getting into like drama when it comes to like. Yeah, these, and, these and it's, honestly, it's probably a gift that she's not like allowed to do press right now for this movie, which comes out in November. I assume she won't be able to do any before the movie comes out because, ooh, like I wonder what that would do to the movie if she was. <laughs> yeah. she, I got it. I can't even imagine what she'd say. Yeah, you know, like first she's coming after Snow White. Now she's coming after Katniss. It's like yeah, which The Hunger Games is like definitely ripe for criticism. Especially this one is about, so it's a prequel and it's about President Snow, who's like the villain of the, you know, three like modern books. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said modern. You know what I mean? The OG books. <laughs> yeah, the original, original trilogy. The Old Testament. It's, yeah. it's famously um, in the future. It depicts what our future will become. So, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see after the movie if they do like an after press release or something like that which she has to say about the character oh god i know because it is because the director just talked about how it. this the new character like leads with her sexuality she and wears like, her sexuality like, on asexual her and kind of an introvert and i'm thinking like they're all portraying people they're all portraying teenagers like maybe katniss wasn't not asexual maybe she was just like kind of stressed but also when she kissed <laughs> um, yeah. Hina, yeah, not to die. Yeah, maybe she's just kind of <laughs> yeah. going through a lot, you know, and like maybe just like fucking her partner wasn't top of mind. Who was the one yeah. that she she kissed Pita, right? That was like the yeah. big moment. Yeah. Well, when yeah, they but kissed. Like, that's why everyone hates Gail so much is because Katniss is literally like fighting for her life and her family's lives in these like deathly games. And Gail's like. Why won't you Telling kiss in the me? Woods. Please yeah. love me. And it's like, shut the fuck up, Gail. Ugh. I wouldn't mind more not, sexy time, though. It sounds not fun. Rachel, with Rachel's character. Yeah, now apparently she's well, going like, to go I mean, into the Hunger Games yeah, leading with her... Uh, what does away. that mean? Leading with her sexuality. Yeah, she wears her sexuality on her, her sleeve. Yeah. She really is a performer. She is. She yeah, is. She's done. Ready. She sings. She sings and it like gets her popularity in the games and then President Snow. This is only like the 10th Hunger Games or whatever in this book. <laughs> and so they have all these like rich capital kids be the mentors for the first time to like the contestants. And so he is paired up with her. But you can imagine from her perspective, she's like, this guy's going to help me more if he likes me. So why oh. don't I just like swish my Manipulator. skirt and like toss my hair. Did you see like another like kind of controversial, but in a different direction, but semi related was, did you see that uh, Jessica Simpson was getting a lot of flack because her 11 year old wore a crop top and people were just like generally shocked and angry? I I didn't see that, but were they like, what were they angry about? I think they were like, how dare you like, like this, like as a, as a parent, it's your job to like when your child is young, kind of like protect them from like sexualizing themselves or like just like being generally like more like revealing but i i do feel like i'm like haven't we gotten over that like 
as yeah, a society. Like it's not it's it's society sexualizing the child. It's not the child sexualizing herself. Like she's 11. She doesn't know like what I mean, I didn't know what any of that shit meant at 11. It's like when he thinks a crop top's cool. A crop top's cool. Yeah. That's like what's trending. Everyone's wearing them. She's just like part of like, I don't no, think I she's hear, like, I, I want to like show that, off my belly. What about like, they're just a lot of fucking disgusting, sick predators out there. But you can't like block every like they're the creeps. You can't like stop living your life because there's creeps on every corner. No, yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, it's, I think it is. A, it's a complicated discussion, I think. I'm sure, like, Jessica, she's had such, like, a crazy relationship with the media criticizing her body. It's like, but, but what does, to that what end, does, like, I mean, oh, just you like, can't wear this, tell her daughter about her body. They, but it, okay, this isn't, like, she didn't just go to, like, the farmer's market in a crop top. They're, like, at an event, and see. they're, like, it's, like, they're posing for a photo. This is like she's wearing someone's clothes and she was like styled by someone. This isn't her just like going out on the streets of L.A. wearing people are weird. Bring your Barbie to work day is what Simpsons. Caption I, mean, was. I, I think I'm most terrified when it comes to like having any type of public life and being a kid of being a parent is parent shaming is alive and well and and everyone's passionate about it and it's like like we were talking about earlier it's like it's nice to get feedback and we love sharing our story and it's you know we love to be vulnerable when it makes sense especially if you know like we were just posting stuff out stuff like some content on instagram of like nally just kind of being hungry and you know and and kind of going through it and a lot of people responded wonderfully and then they found it really relatable and then there's always the you know critics out there be like oh you know like Natalie was saying and it's just it it, it it's draining you know it's draining that and everyone has their opinion on how to raise certain things and nowadays like they were talking about before it's just like there's so much information out there you don't do anything or you know it's just like and somehow we all raised healthy kids with far less knowledge back in the day and everyone was fine yeah it's like when i when when i found out that i was pregnant all i've really heard is like okay you can't have sushi raw fit you know like you can't have deli meat right like i've heard those things before so like i'll definitely stay away from those and then i find out a couple months in oh you also i you have to change your shampoo and conditioner and like your skincare routine, if it has a certain like, I had no idea that there's just the things that you put on your face in your hair could somehow affect the baby that you're growing in your side. And I just feel like there's so much that you can do and there's so much that you cannot do. And I don't it's like my mom definitely wasn't changing her shampoo and conditioner when she was pregnant with any of us. But I feel like now we're just so like so granular with our like yeah. everything you should or shouldn't do. And if you're one of those people who like gets caught doing it, whether you know about it or not, like the fucking people just come out with so many fucking it's scary opinions. It's um, fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, we know yeah. Nick loves to stir a pot. So we love, we, love to, we love to stir a pot. Anything else we want to talk about before we say goodbye? Well, yeah. I was going to maybe impose the my happy birthday ritual of I think everyone should say something nice about the birthday girl because I feel like that oh. is a good birthday tradition that I will go to oh. bat for. 
Even though it's uncomfortable, I get that Natalie, it's kind of Natalie's uncomfortable. pretending not to like this, but it's I'm her like, absolute okay. favorite thing. Literally, let's go. Everyone has three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, why don't you start no, it? No, I should go last, I feel oh, like. Yeah, okay. I, I do feel like you should be the closer for this. I can start. Natalie, I feel like you're one of the most like authentically confident people I've ever met. Um, and I think it manifests in like sometimes like a very like quiet um, way. But it's like not necessarily like always like a big confronting confidence. It's just like the way you move through the world. I think you just have this like inherent sense of what you're OK with, what you're not OK with. And it just feels like you always have like the confidence and like self-knowledge to assert that. And I've always been in awe of the way that you can just kind of like be there be very like quietly confident and uh, like just like what a like inherently like intriguing oh. person you are. Wow. Thank you. I don't feel like I am that at all. So that is so nice to hear. Wow. No, Natalie's <laughs> the best because she can literally become friends with everybody. And like she'll have like her little accents and her little like funny jokes. And I feel like she has this innate ability to make people feel like they're at home and they're comfortable and they're confident. So I think that's an awesome thing about you. Oh, my God. I love this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I haven't even known you for very long, but you've been so like kind and welcoming and so like gorgeous and funny. So it's like, oh, my God, it is real. You can be both oh. and you are proof. Oh. It's oh. it's incredible. Thank you. I will. I do want to say I met I was walking on the street to meet a friend of mine for lunch yesterday and I saw this stunning girl walking towards me and she's wearing like a workout out. She might have just like left Pilates or something. And her body is insane. It's giving hourglass. You know what I'm saying? So I, of course, I'm like, I like your body's insane. I have to tell you. And she was like, oh, my God, I know who you are. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I like I love you and she's like no I love you and then we just chatted for the longest time and we like we, we wanted to be friends but yeah I um I'm definitely not afraid to tell someone when I think you're you're very good at complimenting people I mean it it was genuine it was I like was shocked I had I was she took my breath away I had to let her know I couldn't just keep on going with my day you know um, I'm like, where to start? You're such like a, an amazing person. I love you so much. Um, but don't you take like the smallest little moments and you make them just so much more special and much more exciting. Oh, I love being around thank you. Thank you. The best. Oh my God. Don't we going to make Derek say something? Yeah, I'll say something. I feel like you have a really strong like taste and preference and know like a good sense of design and know why you like those designs. And like, obviously like the studio has had a lot of inspiration so it's really cool to like not only have a defined palette but also like be able to back up and know why you're making this decision so it's a really good skill to have appreciate it that Bravo. means so much coming from you derek De yeah, nally has excellent mary has also excellent taste yeah these i think these two people became friends through period. their taste yeah <laughs> i think you're just the greatest period yeah. all right uh, next no, time. <laughs> retweet everyone uh you're my, my most favorite person to be around and you're the best part of my day and um i love uh starting a family with you and um i think you're gonna be an amazing mom and uh, a great wife and you're a great partner already so thanks honey happy birthday babe thanks can't wait to have a baby with you is it, is it, is it have you panicked um not really it does it is kind of starting to sink in a little bit that i will be 25 oh my god old Ooh. gross no it's just i feel like the only reason it is a little like 
whoa is just because 25, I feel like will just be such a big year with getting married and having a baby. That's a lot happening at once, but fuck, let's do it. Let's, let's I'm, do it. I'm on board. So yeah, hopefully it won't be boring after this year. Ugh. Well, we'll just renew our vows every year there and have a baby every year. <laughs> cannot wait. Well, happy birthday, babe. I love you. Well, don't forget we have another episode of Better Date Than Never live tonight at 9 p.m. We'll be calling in from New York, but Allie and Amanda and Genevieve will be rocking and rolling with a bunch of great stories from our, well, from Fuck Club because, you know, Better Date Than Never has turned into this like community of, community of people who love talking about their sexual escapades and dating stories. So be sure to tune in to that. Don't forget we have another update special dropping tomorrow on Vile Files Plus along with uh, our pop culture roundup. And don't forget we are dropping recaps of Vanderpump. So if you're going back and watching from season one, we've just done season one. We'll be starting season two next week. So check out Vile Files Plus for all the amazing bonus content available to y'all. It's free to sign up. Just go to vilefiles.com to do so. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Subscribe, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. Sending your questions to asknick at vilefiles.com for all things sweating the wedding, texting office hours, asknick, all of the above. We appreciate all your support to the show. We love you. And we'll be back next week. So with Labor Day coming, we're going to push uh, the first two episodes a day. So Ask Nick will be on Tuesday, Reality Recap on Wednesday. Thursday's staying on uh, going deeper. So just know, so changing in some programming. There you go. Bye. Bye.